Welcome to the Salon Owners Collective Podcast. Each week on the podcast, you'll hear stories and tactics from experts and influencers who will provide you with actionable steps to transform your business and your life. I'm your host, Larissa McClemon, and I help salon owners move from stress and overwhelm to lead a life of freedom and profit by implementing a strategic framework to grow and scale their business. So wherever you are in the world, I want to officially invite you to join me in this episode and make an important step in your journey towards more freedom and more profit. There's a shift happening in the hair and beauty industry, and it's a hot topic right now among salon owners as well as among employees. Salon owners are complaining no one wants to work anymore, staff demands for lifestyle hours, unrealistic. Who does this new generation of stylists think they are? (laughs) And the stylists and the therapists, on the other hand, are demanding, I don't want to work late nights, I don't want to work Saturdays, I need flexible hours, or I'm not interested. Well, I think the first thing for us to unpack together is, why is this happening? Is the new generation just getting soft? What happened to good old-fashioned hard work? Hmm. Are these millennials and Gen Zs just super lazy? Away with the fairies? Did nobody teach them about good, solid work ethic? Actually, I believe they're a product of a changing society, and they do want to work. They just want to work differently. I think there are four things at play here. And the main thing, I think, is the societal shift. We live in a vastly different world than we did 10 years ago, even three years ago, if we're honest. In a post-pandemic world, we've accelerated, I guess, an already emerging change in how people want to live their lives. So let's discuss those four things first. First, with the increased discussion research and ready information around mental health and the health impacts of stress, the burnout society as a whole is prioritizing balance more than ever. People have realized that they work to live, not live to work. And who can blame them? Not only do people have an aversion to stress and burnout, awareness of mental health, but there's a big bad global pandemic It's kind of accelerated this movement towards kinder to self or self-prioritization or prioritize self-lifestyle, making a lot of people reconsider their priorities and make shifts in their careers, seeking more flexible lifestyles and in many cases forcing companies to adapt permanently to work from home structures. Hmm. I can hear you say, but what about work from home salon environment or that? That's not going to work. Well, hold the line. I'm going to get to that. I think the third thing to consider is the cost of living. It is still driving high and it's been going up for a while. And I actually don't think it stopped yet, meaning flexibility is no longer a luxury. Stay at home parenting is no longer an option for most families with both parents at work. So juggling parenting with bringing in an income, a decent income, without having to pay massive amounts of childcare which is expensive, I think is the new norm, forcing flexibility as a non-negotiable in an already digital native world where speed, agility, fluidity is a given, we as a society expect plans or events to change at a drop of a hat. 
We're no longer patient to wait. We want it now. And for us as employers, as parents, or even just a participating member of society, we have to flex and bend with the ebbs and flows. And if we don't, we get left behind. So I think those are the four things, mental health, prioritizing self, uh, working to live, the cost of living, and this kind of speed and agility to flex. Well, I can hear you saying, well, that's all very good for companies that work behind computer screens and sit in offices. What about service providers that have to work in a local business, in an actual physical business, serve people and be open all of the hours? It's just not realistic. What are we supposed to do? Just watch our stylists walk out the door in favor of a cushy office or reception job? And don't you worry, I am seeing it happen firsthand. But no, instead I'm going to suggest to you that actually there is a way for salons to not only adapt but embrace this new landscape. And it is possible. And it's because actually, also, if you don't embrace these kinds of society-wide changes, they will impact you, whether you like it or not. And otherwise, you'll get left behind. So you might as well get in front of it. So today, I'm going to share with you the seven steps to navigating the generational shift and future-proofing your salon against this lifestyle effect, embracing the lifestyle effect even, enjoying a thriving salon with happy, healthy team members, but in a new way. So let's dive in. Step one to navigating a new generation in the salon workforce. Well, number one is work-life balance. And when there is a will, there is a way. Now, this is really important, and this is why I've made it first. And I'll tell you why. You can't run your salon without a team. And if your team get overworked, burnt out, they leave, they leave your salon, or worse, they leave the industry because they don't feel like their wellness is being prioritized, then you're going to actually have a much bigger problem on your hands than trying to manage team dramas or requests to take Saturdays off. There's a lot of different ways that you can do this. So here are two. I think the first one is personal development. And one of the most important ones, I think, is providing opportunities for professional development and growth. Making sure you're actively investing in your team members because, remember, your team will leave you if they can no longer see their future inside of your business. So to keep them moving forward, here are a few ideas. Building career pathways, like letting people move through the ranks, through emerging stylist or therapist, senior, executive, master, like the Do I Get a Pay Rise program. How do they get the next pay rise? What is the next step in the journey? How far into the future can I see my career here in this business? Management, training, creative opportunities like the Motivating Managers program, personal development to become a better, more evolved human. It makes a more rounded employee who ultimately is going to deliver a more rounded experience to your client. So professional development for sure. And secondly, self-care. I think making sure you're actively promoting and giving opportunities for self-care amongst your team offer wellness programs or wellness-based team benefits. And I think cultivating a proactive health work environment rather than just supporting sickness will not only help you hire and retain great people, but you'll also get the best out of them. 
You get the best out of those team members by investing in their well-being. And by investing in the well-being of your team, you are investing in your salon. So thinking about mental health, how are they feeling, behaving, physical health, how do you move your body? I think there's a strong correlation between mental health and physical health. Are they moving? Thinking about hydrating and eating well and educating them on how to best sustain the type of lifestyle that they're living, being a stylist or a therapist. We need to lead the way for our people. Human education or sort of self-development programs, these are things that you can focus around so they have self-care and can establish themselves inside of your business. All right, step two to navigating a new generation in the salon workforce is adopting lifestyle rosters. Okay, owners, let's discuss the elephant in the room. I know your team are asking you to not work on Saturdays and finish at five like their office-based friend, and it's hurting. I know, I see. But I say embrace flexible scheduling and flexible open hours. So let's explore some alternative rostering options that can cater to team preferences while still meeting the needs of your clients. Because yes, I actually think it's possible. Staggered shifts, compressed work weeks with rotating schedules to distribute the workload evenly. It will allow for adequate coverage while also giving your stylists the freedom to live their lives outside of the business. This is the generation we're working with now. Um, and allow them to balance the unsociable hours. So late starts, balance them with early finishes, with those late nights, meaning you, you know, start late, finish late, start early, finish early. It means everybody's winning. Four-day work weeks. Everybody loves a four-day work week. Alternating Saturdays off so everyone gets some peak hour time to serve the peak hour clients, but also get some time to watch their kids play football. It's a good alternative. And getting smart with your rosters may be the compromise that you need to make to keep your salon fully staffed. And trust me, it can work. When I owned my salon, I had uh, 30 in my team. We had 17 stations, five basins. We were open all of the hours, not Sunday, mind. And we rotated the rosters. We used all of the uh, possible available hours that were open. And we have rosters that matched the Do I Get a Pay Rise program. And so as they grew, they had more perks, more benefits, more resources, and of course, more money and access to the best clients. So we need to create some kind of pathway here. I also feel like 35 hours is kind of the new full time and how to balance, counterbalance this might mean that you have to have more team members working less hours. It's not always a numbers game. Sometimes quality over quantity is sufficient to win. So either you have more team members working less hours, or you might just have team members working less hours, but we drive on quality and sales being higher, so more for less model, right? We need to help our team make more and less so everybody wins. Higher average client spend, Fewer hours, but more sales, right? They still get the higher wages, but they get to work less. I think ultimately the client wins in this model. She gets the better outcome, which of course usually costs more. To get better hair or better skin, you pay more. And walks out with the better hair, the better skin, and the team member actually earns more per hour. They aren't making more just because they work more. But don't worry. I can hear your mind ticking. Customer and demand changes. Like, I actually think clients want this too. If this feels 
you know, scary to you to change things this way because it's always been done the way that you've been doing it. Just remember the demand for flexible working goes beyond the hair and beauty industry, which means your clients are part of this movement too. Keep your finger on the pulse of client preference. Like this whole work from home model really has freed up a lot of our clients, our professional clients, to structure their day around their appointments or even work from the salon why they fit in their cut and their color. Promote this to your clients. It's not only a win for them, but it takes the pressure off those traditional peak hours. Okay, I'm just going to say stop. Let's just wait one little minute there. I have to say something. I have to add it in here. Before you rush back to the salon offering your team, you know, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m. three days a week, <laughs> just hold the line, caller. I also believe in paying homage to the due diligence and not to give your kids dessert before they eat their veggies. We need to build future with our team because people leave you when they run out of future. And if you give them all of the goods up front and you've got nothing more to give them, they have all of the cushy hours. They have the highest hourly rate before they've even served a client when they come to your business. You've got nowhere to lead them over time. You'll have your people coming and going before you can blink and they'll be off looking for the next shiny thing and the salon that's going to pay them the most for the least. So first, if you let them work what I call cruisy hours, like give them everything that they want straight away the moment they arrive in your business, you're also doing them, and of course you, a disservice. Because if you think about, while many clients want to come during work hours when they can, not everybody can do that. And let's be honest, more clients, more new clients still need to come Saturdays and late nights. My observation, I actually did some research around this. We used to do a done-for-you marketing service, and we researched this in depth. Most new clients who are looking for a new beauty place, hair or beauty place to serve them, they won't take the day off to come to a new salon they've never been to before or take an extended lunch. They don't know you, like you, trust you yet. They want to come on a late night or a Saturday, and they won't wait. They need, they've got a wedding this weekend. They've got the event tomorrow. They need their services now. So if you've got a new stylist that you're trying to build, also doing your new team member a disservice, if you let them have their cake and eat it too, you'll stop them from building a clientele quickly and they will fail to grow if they are not available late nights and Saturdays to build a clientele. And you know what? They'll turn around and look at you and tell you it's your fault. New team members need to do their due diligence and when they have successfully built a clientele, with your help, of course, they can start to work flexible hours. They can step up by cutting back from those less sociable hours. One must lead a team member through a career pathway. And when you lay it out effectively in front of them, they will take it for sure. All right, step three to navigating a new generation hey, of self. Are you loving this episode so far? Oh, by the way, it's Greta here. Salon Mastery Success Coach at Salon Owners Collective. So I wanted to pop in and ask you something. Do you ever feel like you are winging it when it comes to your business? You started your own business so that you could live the life you wanted with freedom that you wanted, earn great money and be a leader. But the reality is the amount of effort you're putting in isn't giving you an equal reward. You're exhausted and you don't know what to do about it. No matter what you do, you just can't seem to get ahead. You see other people winning and seeing success, but how come it doesn't work for you? 
you wish you had a clear laid out plan, something to guide you in the right direction or help you with what to do next. What can you do that actually works? In reality, many salon owners feel this way, you aren't alone. If you are nodding your head as you listen to this, then you need the Salon Mastery proven nine part plan to grow your salon. That's right, no more winging it. The Salon Mastery nine part plan has given hundreds of salon owners a plan to grow, build a rockstar team, attract dream clients, and become a salon CEO. Our plan will work for you too. To uncover the nine part proven plan, just click the apply now link in the show notes of this episode. Okay, now back to the episode. On workforce is prioritize coaching your team to win. Coach them to win. The next thing to do is to spend your time helping your team win and develop the good skills. Your role is not to serve more clients yourself. Your role is to help them be better than you as a stylist or therapist. Focus the majority of your time on helping your team win. So set a clear career pathway. We call it, do I get a pay rise? On less hours, but more per client. Some of the ways to do this is only prioritizing four and five star clients. Making sure that you're doing high ticket services and less low quality, low cost. We just can't afford to do it in this environment. Developing a career pathway for your team to grow and into more five-star clients so they can reach new heights, you'll be wanting to teach them better communication skills, great sales skills, not just technical skills, those are important too, performance skills. How do they get up, quote-unquote, on stage and perform when they're at work? All of these soft skills are really important if you want to take your team member to the next level. We need to coach them to win. There are five communication meetings that rule them all. Daily huddles, the one-on-one coaching connects that you do weekly with your team and your weekly team workshops are three of those things that are really going to drive growth for your team. These are the things that you need to prioritize if you want to get change and growth out of your team. And I think evaluate your service menu and pricing structure to maximize potential revenue during, I guess, your newly defined peak hours. And what I mean by this is be strategic about the packages that you offer. When you offer them, for example, introducing packages that be can be completed during those peak hours, getting more from the client visits and ultimately helping your team to make more, but work less, more from your stylist while they're behind the chair. This is going to take the pressure off those unsociable hours, right? All right, step four to navigating a new generation in the salon workforce is working smarter and not harder. I feel like we kind of covered the smarter, not harder when we're talking about higher average client bills, maybe slightly less hours and your focus on really working with your team to coach them to win. But I want to turn in step four, I want to turn our attention to leveling up your time management, optimizing your systems and processes by embracing, well, exactly that, systems and processes. Now, this might sound obvious, but there's always improvements that can be made to how you manage your time, the time of your team. Ultimately, you think you sell haircuts and facials, but actually you sell the time of your team. So a little focus on smarter and not harder systems and processes can wind up saving you hours of wasted time or unbillable time when you should be, could be, would be billing for that time. 
we've always done it like this, is one of those comments that either you or your staff can say, it's the fastest way to stop growth and forward momentum. You can't afford to think like this. So a little focus on streamlining workflows and maximizing your staff productivity will have a dramatic effect actually on your sell on income revenue. And ultimately, if the revenue goes up, your team can earn more. If your team can earn more, they have more opportunity. If they have more opportunity, they're going to stay. So it's got to start with ultimately with sales and working smarter, not harder will make a, few, a huge difference. Just remember, clients prioritize time. Speed is of the essence. So should consistently be asking yourself, how do we get our clients out faster? Because when she wins, she gets out faster. Remember, people value their time and therefore they'll pay more for a high quality result and in a shorter space of time. You may think you should be charging more if it takes longer and discount the service that is faster or if they're in the salon for a short period of time, but it's actually not the case. You charge for your expertise, not for your time. All right, step five to navigating a new generation in the salon workforce is back to basics. So how do you adapt to a market demands, especially in a recession period? We're kind of in a recession period where prices are going high. Um, we need to think about this. So we're thinking a time when we might panic and go looking for what I would say shiny new objects or something to solve all of our problems. Like, what are we going to do? I actually think we should do the opposite and just go back to doing the basics really, really well. Like provide the basic services exceptionally well and manage the expectations of your clients really, really well. Get really good at the basics. So here's what I suggest. Find a few good things that you can be known for in your local area and get exceptionally good at it. Doesn't have to be rocket science, but double down, keep it simple and be super good at those specific things. In an attempt to attract and retain clients when many people are cutting costs, I think we should focus on adding so much value to the client experience that they choose you over choosing other things in their lives. When they're deciding what to cut back on, because interest rates are going up, jobs are being lost, living costs are up, they're deciding, is it you or my gym membership? Is it you or the morning latte? It's not, is it you or the salon down the road? Is it you or the other lifestyle choices that they have? So you have to be so good that they can't live without you. And when it comes to choosing which clients to focus on, focus on the client who wants to choose you, who wants what you deliver, your exceptional attention to detail. Choose those clients who's looking for quality over quantity because otherwise we get caught up in the race to the bottom by price cutting, discounting and pulling back. If we deliver more and focus on the clients through great experience and you do this super well, consistently, consistency is so important because in a society where things are constantly changing, ultimately your clients are looking for something they can trust in, they can rely on, something that is consistent. And like I mentioned earlier, if you offer a great service, an expert service, something that you can stand out in the marketplace and stand up and be the experts at, the service that your clients want and they need, then they will book into the times that are available. All right, step six into navigating a new generation in the workforce is the three 
sees. Right, so now you've optimized your systems and processes. You've got really good at the basics. You're standing out in the marketplace as experts. The next thing to do is to be consistently communicating and collaborating with your team. You may have heard the saying before about consistency. I talk about it a lot. Consistency builds a brand, not only for the client experience, but also for the team experience. Your team want to feel secure and safe in their job. And you showing up consistently helps reinforce that message that they are safe, they are secure, and that you've got their back. And communicating and keeping the communication channels open, the more you bring your team into the conversation. Now, that might just be the conversation that you're having inside of your head about business, all of the things. But the more you do that, the better. It reminded me of this quote from a guest we had on that podcast episode a couple of weeks ago. All right. What isn't communicated is felt. And what is felt is interpreted. And what is interpreted is often wrong. So if you don't communicate culture to your team members, then they will interpret it themselves based on their own experience. Now, I did a podcast with a guest recently on exactly this topic, and I will put the link to that podcast in the show notes of this episode. Because if you don't communicate culture with your team members, then they will interpret it themselves based on their own experience. And that is something that actually you have no control over. You can't run your business without your team members, so it is super important to communicate and involve them in any changes that you make or that you're thinking of making, whether it's rostering, pricing, packages, whatever, the way that you serve clients. And then I think, get feedback. If you're going to share the story or what you're thinking about with your team, get feedback from your team. It ensures that any changes that you're going to implement are going to be more successful. It allows your team members to really take ownership of their schedules, their time management, which is going to give that feeling of autonomy that they're ultimately they're looking for. They're going to stick around because they feel like a sense of ownership and belonging, being part of the decision-making process. So this is how we bring them into the conversation. Well, first, you don't need to know all of the answers. If you recruit smart people and then collaborate with them to find the solutions on how to do things best, find solutions, creative ideas on how to run the service, serve clients, manage the team, sometimes we think we need to know everything as the owner. I remember a time feeling the pressure that I needed to know all of the answers all of the time. And if I didn't know, it would be showing weakness. But instead, I learned that I need to be open to all ideas, even the shit ones, means that people are more likely to bring their whole selves to work. So be open. Be prepared to hear the crazy ideas. You don't have to implement everything. Just involve them in the conversation. All right, last but not least, step seven to navigating a new generation in the salon workforce, and that is learning to adapt. Consistently monitoring and adjusting these strategies to ensure that they're effectively working towards your goals as a salon owner. Now, in this industry, we need to be agile and be able to pivot when things change because things will change and you can bet your ass on it, really. And the way to do this is by gathering feedback. Before we panic, just ask some questions. Ask smarter questions from your staff, from your clients, and remember to consult the numbers. Don't make any decisions before consulting your CEO dashboard. 
the business numbers will tell you exactly what you need to do inside of your business. So always and often ask yourself, is this working? Could it be better? And adjusting is necessary. Being constantly adaptable is one, I think it's one of the most important elements of navigating this lifestyle effect and being an effective salon CEO. Because what works now, it ain't necessarily going to work next year or even next month. So I think something to remember is that you are in charge. You get to decide what services you offer, when or for how much. Making your systems and processes working for you and the salon that you want to build and build what you need to be successful and move forward. This is your salon. And if you provide a great career pathway for your talented stylists and therapists and give them a beautiful work environment to work in, then your team will remain loyal to you and they will buy into the experience that you are providing and offering. Small things can make a big impact here. So, as you can see, it is possible to have a flexible work lifestyle environment and navigate a new generation in the salon workforce into 2024 and beyond and compete with the demands of the next generation. Is it challenging? Yep, probably. But change often is, and more importantly, it opens up opportunity for great things to happen. Remember, you're in charge here. You opened this business so you could be in control. So be in control. If adapting to your salon, the new lifestyle effect is something that you think you need help with, well, then let's chat. You're not alone in this. All of my salon owners in the Salon Mastery and Momentum Coaching Programs, we're navigating this together. This is a very real problem. And with the help of Salon Mastery, their individual success coaches, and of course, we actually have a really amazing community inside of the program. They are future-proofing their salons and embracing change, but we're doing it together. So maybe Salon Mastery or the Momentum Program is a good fit for you. You can find the application page in the show notes of this very episode. And I look forward to chatting with you about you, about your salon, what your goals are, and how together we can navigate the new generation in the salon workforce. And I look forward to connecting with you. And also, I'll connect with you same time, same place on the podcast next week. Ciao for now.